Hi, you're listening to the second episode of Making It Women in Film. I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. Shania and I are both aspiring female filmmakers, and in this podcast, we're going to be sitting down with working women in the film industry and talk honestly about their journeys, advice, and the importance of diversity behind and in front of the camera. In today's episode, we are going to be sitting down with two aspiring filmmakers who also happen to be fellow classmates of mine. We're going to be talking about making your way through film school, first experiences, representation, and how lockdown has changed our approach to filmmaking. And welcome, Shamila's a man. I'm forgetting that people can't see us, so I'm yeah, like, no, cross, yeah. like, give a little finger <laughs> thing. Okay, well, do you want to talk about your, your introduction into film? Like, why you wanted to be in film to begin with? Uh, well, I wanted to, like, get into the film industry because I felt like there wasn't much representation of females, especially Asians as well. Mm. And um, because, like, for being a Pakistani girl, in the UK, the main degrees your parents will say is like become a doctor, become a lawyer, a dentist, or any anything within the medical field. So I wanted to put like an end to that and be like, look, I'm gonna do something different. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge struggle to like kind of get approval for that, but like I kind of fought my way and then I applied for SAE, and then that's where you know things kind of got more serious for me <laughs> in the film uh, industry. But yeah, um, and also with my OCD as well, it was kind of a coping mechanism right. like like with the camera like I would just even photography like I would just take pictures and I would go make videos it was just it was like my coping mechanism in a way like because you're in control of the camera is that, is that just kind of because like I'm not good with my emotions so like I just kind of felt like expressing myself through the yeah. camera would be easier yeah. what about did you go to college yeah I went to college I don't photography at college so do you like cinematography is that cinematography and I've also recently starting to get interested in like a line producer job if you call that. Oh, I all like we've done like a few lectures on it at uni and I found it quite interesting because I, I do like the business aspect of the uh, like film industry as well so but main goal is like cinematographer definitely I would agree with the business thing you're so like business but like focused <laughs> you like know a lot about that stuff I wouldn't say I know a lot. I, I think it's just because like I've been influenced by my older siblings because they yeah. they work within the business industry, so uh, I feel like I've just been influenced by them. I feel like when we do a uni project, like you know, like the ins and outs of the business stuff, <laughs> and like all of us are like, um, Shmila, tell us. Like, forget Google, <laughs> just come to me. <laughs> no, exactly. Do you have like a moment where you like realized this was what you wanted to do? That kind of confirmed that you wanted to go to film school. Um. I don't really have much of a moment. I just kind of realized from like the beginning, like when I had to like, you know, in high school, you have to choose subjects of what you want to do. Mines were all like creative subjects and that's all I focused on. And my parents, like my dad knew that I was going to do something within the creative field. Yeah. Wasn't too happy about it, but he's, my dad's softy, so he let me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to become like a, I might not make it to Hollywood, but maybe Bollywood. <laughs> What do your parents think of it now? I think they've realised that there is opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, recently in like this day and age, like there's quite a high demand um, for things like this because obviously there's quite a lot of productions now, and I've had quite a few like jobs come up, like freelance jobs, like whilst uh, moving here to Glasgow whilst I was studying. Um, so that kind of gave them more of an open mind, like okay, she's already getting opportunities and she's not even seeking these opportunities; yeah. they're coming to her. So, yeah, I feel like they're more open-minded about it. Mm. 
when you were younger, did you feel like represented? Because I remember as a kid, I would watch like movies and that, and there was like a lot of like women roles. But when you get older, you realise oh, them them roles are actually completely flat and dull. In certain movies, they just I think they always portray the women as like a housewife. Mm. That's it. Like they don't really show that kind of equality in that sense. Maybe only recently they've kind of started portraying that, but growing up, I never really saw that as much. And for me personally, for like Muslims and Asians, their representation in film, I kind of struggle to see that because, like for example, Four Lions, uh, Riz Ahmed, um, like that film was kind of obviously like when I first watched it first time, I was like but Muslims don't blow themselves up. I was like, that's, I was like, that's a lie. Yeah. So I got so confused and then I spoke to my mum. I was like, mum, why, why are these guys blowing themselves up? And like, shout Allah Akbar, why they say it while they're blowing themselves up? I was like, that's not what Muslims do. It's crazy because mm-hmm. like I grew up, everyone in my school was white, in my primary school and in my academy. And like I had no, diverse no diversity at all and my only like experience with that was films like you didn't really know much about i didn't know anything i only knew what what they were showing you yeah you only just saw what they were showing you not you didn't see anything for yourself yeah i remember watching like a 9-11 film and that's all i knew until i did my own research Mm -hmm. i think like there's one bollywood film called my name is khan and they kind of talk about like 9-11 and that and then uh it shows how Muslims got treated after 9-11 like uh, the boy I, I don't want to give any spoilers but um, a young kid unfortunately uh, gets attacked and passes away due to uh, people thinking that he was Muslim but he actually wasn't um, it was his stepdad who was Muslim but just because he was associated with them and looked like he was Muslim obviously people think Muslims are Asian or like you know if, if we've got tan skin we're Muslim mm-hmm. or something like that um, so yeah, he got portrayed that way and unfortunately his life was taken away. It's a shame. And there's another Bollywood movie called Gurban. It's all about terrorism. Um, they basic. It's like basically a group of Muslims. This guy kind of lures this girl in just so he can get like a visa or something. Uh, so And then she gets trapped as well within it and he tries like doing a terrorist attack. But the girl tries to stop it and I was like, you're showing Muslims in the wrong. And what really annoyed me is that the main actor he's supposed to be Muslim mm-hmm. like he's actually supposed to be Muslim in real mm-hmm. life so I was like why did you agree to do that role when you know that you're being portrayed mm-hmm. in the wrong way exactly so do you think when you are working in the film industry you'll be careful on like what films you like work on I feel like I'm gonna have to tiptoe especially being a female and a Muslim I feel like I'm gonna have to tiptoe my way mm-hmm. around the industry because I, I don't want to do anything wrong and then people like you know, put fingers and be like, oh, it's because of this that you can't do that. And then they'll judge every other Muslim woman like for your actions. Exactly. Like, with your like on a pedestal. So I feel like I'm gonna have to set a standard in a way, like mm. for like, because there's young girls out there who might want to go into the industry, and you know, feel like they don't really have anyone to look to for advice and how they got in, because they're gonna find it. They're gonna think, oh, I'm gonna struggle. I'm not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna only think, oh, it's just for a man. A white male that's all they want to think it is yeah that's so interesting because a white man would never have that like point of view and how you think you need to tiptoe around the industry because mm-hmm. the industry is run by white men yeah so they will probably think it's a lot easier than you or 
would think. Mm -hmm. And just the idea of my actions are going to reflect on my community, like that's such a huge responsibility that no one really should have, yeah. but unfortunately it is like that. Like it could even lead to like, say for example, if I worked on a film that was quite biased against my people, maybe back home if people saw that and saw that I was part of that project, they'd be like, you're banned from the country or something because that that's happened mm. to like for example Mia Khalifa yes yeah I don't know obviously like I'm not in that no, 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 I'm no, not no. within that adult industry but um it could come to that because she's yeah. done something to dishonor her people yeah and my people might think I'm doing it to dishonor them when I'm really not definitely I think growing up I didn't know any like female film directors um but I also think that didn't like stop me from like wanting to be a film director. Like mm-hmm. that one, that made me want to be one more. I think when I, I mean, the thing is like behind the scenes is very much invisible when you're a kid. You don't like hear a lot about directors and stuff. It's mostly yeah. just what's on the screen. Um, so I don't think, it, it probably wasn't until I remember like, 2013 or something like that. And Emma Watson tweeted out that only 6% of Hollywood directors were women in a weird way it almost empowered me to be like oh I can actually so it's six percent it's not zero yeah there is still an opportunity there's still space Mm -hmm. to develop that percentage and make it higher but growing up I always thought like before I even knew about what was going on in Mm -hmm. the film industry I always thought that it'd be quite diverse yeah but when I really looked into it I was like okay this really isn't diverse Especially, it's mainly males within the industry, and there's not that many. Like, it's not diverse at all. So it, when you have women, it's white women as well. Yeah, and most likely straight as well. There's no diversity no. at all, and I feel like that really should be changed, especially within. Because me and you went to um, an event. Yeah, we went to this short film kind of. Not festival, but it's like a small event, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is well known in Glasgow, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. And I expected it to be diverse. And then I went, and it was all white mm-hmm. men. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was like one of the short films were directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like it. We were supposed to like mingle and like get to know mm-hmm. people, but I, I truly felt like uncomfortable with all <laughs> middle-aged white men. I do just remember that evening feeling quite isolated in a way and not really feeling that talked to and didn't really feel like anyone was that interested in hearing what I had to say mm-hmm. but that's probably unfortunately very common. Um, Saying that though I did do a film course in London in like 2018 um, and that was so diverse mm-hmm. like different religions, different lives, different everything so and that opened my eyes and that's what that's my first like um look into the industry i thought it was going to be like that so when we went to that event in glasgow that was like a shock to me because i thought it was somewhat inclusive and that that shocked me you hear a lot of people being like forced diversity yeah <laughs> what, what do you think about that like forced diversity yeah it's <laughs> like because obviously like there's this whole gender equality yeah. and like this whole like diverse act in like workplaces now yeah it kind of feels like it's forced it's like you should want to you know make your like industry diverse in itself because these people can bring so much to the table they've got different experiences different backgrounds different stories to tell 
I feel like they should be more inclusive but not force it not feel like oh I have to or I'm gonna be frowned upon I think they should just feel like they want to instead of I have to what's what would you say is like your favorite female character or maybe portrayal is a better word because again we were talking mm. earlier about film and it can be kind of hard if it's not franchise to get like a deep character but is there like a female character you would look up to would you say a female character that I would look up to in film or TV, because I know you're interested in TV. Yeah. Like an actress or just like a character they just played? Character. Hmm. I really can't think mm-hmm. right now. It's difficult because it was Because there's so many to like, go through and think about. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this series on Netflix called The Sinner. Yes. You know yes. the first season, Cora? Cora. I, I was like, okay. Because first I was like, okay, her character's kind of mm-hmm. intriguing. Yeah. And the way they showed her story because I was very confused at the start mm-hmm. like I'm not really going to ruin a thing no, for everyone but um, the way her sister kind of powered over her yes and kind of and the actions after that that she had done and then she forgot everything and why she done those actions and then how she overcame them and got free from prison like a prison sentence and I was like oh that's crazy like she mm-hmm. may look weak they've showed her as a vulnerable character but internally she's quite strong yeah. she's dealt with that even though like she forgot some of it because of what happened but she's still so strong mm-hmm. and held it together yeah that was like, very strong mm-hmm. in very strong so like complex in that way mm-hmm. I mean Jessica Biel I think is the actress yeah I mean she's also just powerful in that yeah I feel it feel everything so before we wrap up, do you guys have any recommendations for our listeners or anything you've been watching over lockdown? Um, definitely The Sinner would 100% recommend that. Um, I've been watching quite a lot of Bollywood recently, like old school Bollywood, just like because nice. I miss home, <laughs> I miss being with my parents. So I've been watching Gobi Kushi Gobi Gum, which is a Bollywood OG. Um, and then I watched a new one called Malung, and that's actually pretty good. And then I've been watching quite a lot of series, being honest. I've been watching the originals, actually. Oh my god, really? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to connect to my teen <laughs> side again. Because I, I used to watch Vampire Diaries, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch originals. Were you team Stefan or team Damon? Stefan. Same! All the way. Same. What about you guys? What are you watching? Um, well, I mean... I think I binged through The Sinner and like all three seasons, season three is just out, uh, in like three days. Wow. Like, it was, it was kind of, it was bad, but it was so good, you know? Um, I just started watching a new sitcom called Kim's Convenience, oh, if any of you have heard it. It's uh, about like a Korean Canadian uh, family that runs a convenience store and it's just, it's hilarious. So funny. Um, with just great characters and I've been binging that lately. Movies? Oh my god, have you guys seen the Eurovision movie? No. no. I don't want to either. It's <laughs> that is the reason why Americans are not in Eurovision. Like it's I wanted to watch it because it looks so shit and sometimes like they're kind of funny to watch. It's kind of depressing that that's like the only Eurovision we got this year, but true. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that, but I have watched it. <laughs> Normally, I only watch films. I never watch TV. Really? Never, ever. Like, hardly ever. That's 
That's a rare one. I don't think I know people. Well, obviously I do now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like not into TV. I was never into like Netflix. I only had it for the films, even though the the film selection on Netflix is not like great anyway. Yeah, true. Um, so definitely in lockdown, I've been watching more series. Been watching Modern Family on repeat. I think I've watched all the seasons about three times now. And really? yes, not not on purpose either just like on in the background but i've watched um 13 reasons why like twice oh <laughs> my god i could not even watch it once what why you know, i've seen two just, episodes and that's it uh, i mean i watched the first season mm-hmm. when it came out mm-hmm. and i was like oh hmm <laughs> that's interesting did you like it i didn't like it i didn't like uh i, I don't know I, I think i find it weird when like I, when I thought about it, like Hannah's character, Hannah mm-hmm. Baker, mm-hmm. Hannah's personality was being depressed, um, and I was like, oh, like, like there wasn't really anything mm-hmm. really to. I know there's mean... a lot of controversy about it, and I tried to watch the second season, but I thought it was so gruesome, like mm-hmm. the clip side scene of like the rape scenes. It was just like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna watch that. See, like I didn't like the first season because I watched it when I came out and i've seen like the new season came out like over lockdowns like oh, i'll just watch it and i was like obsessed <laughs> justin foley is my <laughs> my number one <laughs> that's i i think like i'm not gonna lie i think you're the only person i've heard say good things about 13 reasons why really yeah <laughs> i love it i i found it okay mm. but i just really couldn't get into it yeah like I watched two episodes and I was like, oh, not my cup of tea. I'm kind of embarrassed now because I'm obsessed with it. I mean, don't be embarrassed. Like each to their own. Yeah, each to their own. Exactly. I think. Well, I think it's important because I remember. Yeah, no, I, I think it. Because mm. I remember like Hannah Baker's character, her ass gets squeezed, and then I remember all my friends being like, "That's normal," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, it's not," and that's the point of the yeah. see, like the series. It's not normal, mm-hmm. so I think it's important. Um, I I fucking love no. it. I mean, I think I'm, I'm glad it resonated with you. At the end of the day, even if I don't like something, I'm happy if somebody else got something out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been great talking with you. Is there anything you want to plug? Where can the people find you? I have an Instagram page. I, I've had it for years. It's called Zaman Captures. Um, I don't really upload on it anymore because like, I just do my work through my actual Instagram account now. I mean, that's fair enough. We're going to be taking a short break and then we will return with our next guest, Sinead McCool. No problem. Uh, So my name is Sinead McCool. Uh, I'm a film student at SAE Institute and I got into film, God, um, probably when I was about eight years old. Um, I remember seeing a group of kids filming with like this old VHS tape uh, around the neighborhood. And I remember seeing them and asking them, oh, like, what are you guys doing? And they let me be a part of their film. And I have no idea what they'd done with the footage, if it was for school or whatnot, but I remember seeing that being like, oh wait, so it's not just Americans that can make films. And uh, yeah, and I've always been interested in also watching the behind the scenes of films. Like I would watch the behind the scenes before I even watched the film itself. Um, that's always been like 
an interest to me. So that's, I think, what started started my journey. Yeah, I feel like when you watch people make films, it seems a lot more glamorous than it actually is. And then when you get into it, you're like, oh, this is not what I expected at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even when you join film school, it's totally different to how you would make films like on your own with your friends. It's like, oh, this is professional. You have to act like adults here. No, exactly. How come you chose to go into uni? Because there's so much different paths to like the film industry. Oh, well, I mean, uni wasn't in my plans at all. Um, when I was in high school, I was the bad kid, I guess you could say. Um, so when it came time to like sixth year, all the teachers were very, you know, oh, here's uni, here's this uni, here's information about this university. What do you want to do with your life? What are you going to do? And it was all too much. And I didn't, I knew I wanted to do film, but I didn't know how I could get to that point. And being from a big town called Livingston, you know, there's not much representation of working in film. So I had no idea that you could go to school to study film. And um, yeah, I don't know, I think one of my teachers like done some Google searching and found like, you know, Edinburgh Napier and all that. And I went to like their open days and I was like, this is very out of my comfort zone. Like I'm not a, a student, I'm not good at learning and all that. So I ended up stumbling upon SAE and it didn't seem like a, a university. It seemed like, um, like a production company. It seemed like, Everyone had each other's back. It wasn't lecturer and student. It was more, hey, I have equipment in two hands. Let me help you make this. And that appealed to me a lot. So yeah, I didn't, uh, I had no idea that I would be where I am today um, in six years, but I'm glad I took that leap. I'm the, I'm the same. I, um, I was planning to take a gap year and I saved up so much money. And then all my friends were going off to uni. I was like, fuck, I want to go to uni now. So I applied like, well, yeah, I came late, like a month late. Uh, and then they first they said no. They were like, no, it's full. And I was like, look at my CV, I'm, I'm getting in. And eventually they took me. And I still don't think they want me there, but I don't care. I remember when you showed up and I was like, oh my God, finally another woman, a part of the team. Because it was so nice. Yeah, that's so interesting you said that. Because I remember you, like out of any, every, like everyone there, you were like super friendly to me, like out of everyone there. As soon as I saw another woman join, I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> Whenever I'm in like a situation to do a film and I see another woman, I'm like, fuck, thank you, mm. thank you. Yes, yes. It's just like an instant, like, I don't know, what would you call it? Like almost relief, relief a bit of uh, safety um, and just, that's just a connection. Definitely, I definitely feel more comfortable around women than men, I don't know if that's bad to say. <laughs> that's understandable, it's like a familiar face that you've never seen before but you know that you're both in the same boat and I think that's always reassuring. Like you could have no idea who this woman is but as soon as you see her you're like, oh, 
what's one of one of me. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely agree. Um, I know you did like work for with Sedona's production company, did you not? Yeah. Um, so, oh God, what have I worked on? With? <laughs> um, I think the first thing I worked on. I can't remember if it was a music video, but Sedona had contacted me about doing some behind the scenes um, unit production photography um, for Hannah Slavin's music video. Um, and I jumped on that. I was like, yes, 100%. Um, and that was the first, I'd say, professional um, shoot that I had been on. Like when I showed up, it was all women. Like, and for your first job to be filled with women, and especially in film, that's like a rare, rare, rare um, thing to happen. So when I showed up, I was like, oh my God, look at all these women in film. You know, you had your woman director, you had your woman DOP, you had, you know, your women talent, and then um, the chef. Um, Stephanie, she she was obviously a woman, so I was like, oh my god, like women everywhere. And, um, it was I don't know. I think that was a really cool introduction to one music video production, but also being a part of making something that would go out and people would see it and know that a lot of women worked on it. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, we were speaking the other day. Our yeah. first kind of introduction to film was with um, it was of an event, and it was we stepped in the room, and I was expecting it to be diverse, but it was all men. So it's interesting. You're saying your kind of first insight into the industry was all women. That's quite like yeah. a unique experience to have, I would say. Yeah. So what have you like? Both of you, what are you worked on so far? Uh, well, personally, I, I'm mostly into the writing stuff and I've been writing some short films and that. Um, right now I'm focusing mostly on like um, film critiquing, so that's something I've just been doing in lockdown because, I mean, even though there's not a lot of films to critique right now, um, it's been something I've been able to do, you know, can't really go out and shoot that much. But... I think that's really important though, mm. um, because I'm really bad at film analysis. <laughs> I know obviously to be a film critic, you, yeah. critic, you need to be really good at analysis. Yes, yeah. So I think that's a really good thing to do. Well, it's just something, you know, I think for me at least, when I kind of realized I wanted to make films and when I then started studying, started taking courses, stuff like that, suddenly when I watch a movie I can't I can't watch a movie the same anymore and it kind of sucks in the way where I'm analyzing the shots or I'm like nitpicking like oh like there's so many lights on in the background it's so distracting and things that I wouldn't normally think of mm. but now that I do it's <laughs> I find it to be a creative outlet to then write about it and just get it out there mm -hmm. yeah in the last couple of months I haven't done that much because me and you, um, we, you know, we're all ready to film our films and then mm. lockdown happened. <laughs> so that was so frustrating. I was so excited. I worked mm. so hard in my pre-production and then what, COVID happened and I had to go back home. Mm. Oh, I think uh, trimester two, the projects that we were all working on, I think we were all really passionate about it and the films that we wrote 
I mean, apart from Harry's, Harry's was a big scandal as well. You know, we all, you could feel how proud we all were for our scripts and the, uh, you know, the producer project stuff. Like, we were all really into it. And then, of course, a switch flipped and now we're doing everything from home. And I mean, hopefully we can all go out and make the, those scripts once this is all over. Because, you know, I've read like quite a lot of people's and they were really, really good and interesting. It'll be interesting to see like what 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 it's even gonna look like to shoot now, like on set, be on set, like social distancing masks, the actors, how they're gonna feel comfortable with all of that. But yeah, definitely agree. I think lockdown's actually been good for obviously it's an awful situation, but I think yeah. it's done a lot of good for everyone because mm. I've had like so much ideas for so long, but I've been like too scared to do them mm. because of what other people think. Yeah. But like when you have so much time to reflect, it's been months. Now I'm like, I don't care about this stuff anymore. I'm just, I just want to do, you know, make the stuff that mm-hmm. I want to make kind of thing. Definitely. Because being stuck at home, you realise like, and it sounds cliche, but most cliches are cliche because they're true. But you know, life is short. And when you have something as big as a pandemic, you realise like, oh, you know, I shouldn't wait and put off projects or you know events and stuff like just really put yourself out there and I know for sure like once this is over I'm just gonna start shaking everybody's hands maybe actually shaking their hands but you know meeting new people and just saying hey I I here's my skills what can I do can I watch can I observe can you know and just really get experience and meet people because life's short in this pandemic i am bored out my face <laughs> i'm ready for some production exactly yeah. you've yeah. definitely been keeping yourself busy though i see your instagram <laughs> stories oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm learning how to edit currently um and that's what path do you want to choose like after uni like what kind of job are you looking for I mean, during uni, I want to learn and be able to at least know basics of every um, outlet in the industry, um, just so in case, you know, obviously we're students, so we have to do a majority of the jobs on set. So I think taking that on into a professional setting, you know, not that you're going to work with Steven Spielberg once this is over, but say you were on his set and he needed, you know, X, Y and Z done, but they were off sick. You have the ability to step up and say, hey, I'm free for five minutes. I can help you out with this. And that lets people know that, oh, this person knows what they're doing and they're open to learning and helping out and stuff. And I think that's really important. So. I don't know specifics what I want to go into. I have like a passion for editing and cinematography, but you know, I'm open to doing whatever comes my way. Definitely. And I think, well, as we all know, like um, women representation in the industry isn't great. Um, What's your opinions on that? Oh, I mean, as someone who, again, my first product, like professional production was all women. And then just before lockdown happened, I was working on a film shoot as an extra, not actually on um, as, you know, production team, but 
with, uh, what's her name, Adura, Adura on Shali, I believe that's how you say her last name, but she's um, a director who wrote and obviously was directing a film called Expensive Shit, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast, but the film's called Expensive Shit and um, it's about a two-way mirror that was found in a nightclub in Glasgow and um, showing up onto that set, like obviously I wasn't doing production stuff, I was just an extra. So that was like my first time being an actor on something and being on that set, having, it was a film I think for the BBC or something and um, that, the majority of that crew was women as well. So I've been very lucky to be around a lot of, I hate using the word powerful women because I feel you know when people say oh strong female characters you know the word strong it it seems odd to me to describe like you know complex female characters like that um because you know if you said strong male character you think of an action film or muscles and stuff like that so i don't know like i love that people are now writing more complex female characters and allowing, um, I hate the word allowing as well, but bringing women to direct and produce and be the head of departments. I think that's so important and amazing um, because growing up, like, you know, me and you guys, we're like pretty young. So we grew up with films with women and as leads and males as leads, but for me growing up I remember it being males most of the time and I'm a tomboy so I like um <laughs> I've always been quite boisterous and stuff like that but if I grew up with female leads in films for sure I would have appreciated it more and grown up with a more understanding of women and women outside of the women I know in my life so you know you grow up and you have your mother figure and your female friends and stuff but I think when filmmakers bring complex female characters into films you're able to see different cultures different stories different women from what you already know and I think that's really important um so you know you've got say um Adura on Charlie's she watching her on set directing people and having a go at the camera stuff that for me I was I was watching her I was like oh my god like that's amazing and I again I hate the word using the word powerful but that's what it felt like it felt like I was seeing something that I probably wouldn't have saw if um like I probably wouldn't have felt it if it was a male director but seeing a woman and a woman of colour as well, directing and being such a badass on set, I don't know, it just, it made me feel like, oh, I can do that, I can be in her shoes. And that's, yeah, I don't know, I, I ramble quite a bit, but yeah, it's, I think it's important. Yeah, and I think that's what should be embraced more than anything. When, when you mentioned when you are younger, you, you know, there's lack of like, female characters in films I remember it's different for me though because I remember like I don't remember specifics but I remember watching women in film mm. and being like oh my 
god i want to i want to be in films mm. so i don't know specifically what characters that was that could have been brats or even barbie mm, but yeah. even them <laughs> i'm like i want to be them um so i definitely think representation is a must going forward with my career and probably yours as well um i want to make that like people might disagree with me but if i'm casting a film i'm going to look for like ethnic minorities or like women or people who need more representation like i want to make a i want to make a change through mm-hmm. film and that's how i want to do it yeah 100% i i completely agree when looking for films i always look for something that i don't know so you know different cultures and things like that cuz again growing up in a smaller big town wherever a majority of scottish people grow up chances are you don't have much diversity around and um you can't exactly like get on a plane by yourself at that age and go experience or befriend other cultures so that's why like we as filmmakers have to depict and represent truth in our characters and um like everything from gender culture color like and so on um because we're able to bring that to people's homes and and show younger generations and um even older generations we're able to show them and help them learn and understand new things that they may have never seen before um and we have that responsibility and i think that's why it's also important to let minor people of minorities be able to write and direct because they're the ones that can truly tell their story and help us understand and i think the entertainment industry in general i think are one of the most i mean listen i love teachers they're great but films and entertainment that's where we learn most things um from mimicking and being inspired by these characters and yeah so yeah yeah it's so vital it, it is the way it's so influential it's the way we see the world um and so diversity in that is is it's vital <laughs> in the other episodes we've asked people to give suggestions on films or tv shows you've watched during lockdown have you been watching anything recently oh um i just finished well i haven't finished the season finale is tonight but i've been watching snowpiercer it's oh. on netflix Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Is that the same director as the film? I'm not too sure actually. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, is it not? But it's from John Hose who yeah. directed the movie. Yeah. 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 It's it's a great show. And again, the I don't want to spoil it, but there's a badass female character in that um that when I was watching it the entire time I'm like, oh, this is good representation of women. Just like badass you know, willing, willing the show. But I'm trying to think of other things I've watched. Um, I mean, besides from like rewatching Mrs. Doubtfire about 20 times. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I watched um, Patch Adams yesterday. Oh, Patch Adams is brilliant. I knew oh, you'd like that. <laughs> any Robin Williams film, I'm like, I recommend any and all Robin Williams films. I showed my friend that film for the first time and he was like, oh, it won't be good. At the end, he was in tears. He like, <laughs> couldn't keep it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
always always a tearjerker uh, his films but I so agree I know you're obsessed I so agree he's one of the best hands down yeah oh just brilliant and anytime I watch one of his films there's always like it always relates to something in my life at that moment even if I've watched the film a hundred times over there's always a new thing that I realise that like oh that kind of relates to what I'm going through right now and yeah I just love him he's great <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any suggestions for films? Oh, I just started watching I May Destroy You oh. on uh, BBC. So it's Michaela Cole. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, is that the. Is it on Netflix? Is that- uh, what? No, it's BBC and HBO. Oh, okay. But she's the writer and the lead actress of it. And uh, it's got like 96%, all of that just come out. Come out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she's super talented. I've seen mm-hmm. her in a lot of things. Yeah, would totally recommend that to anyone who's looking for something new. Yeah, she was in Black Mirror too. And... Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been watching anything interesting, so I have no suggestions. I've been watching <laughs> MasterChef <laughs> and trying to cook for burning everything, so... That's the revolution, MasterChef. Oh. This- because my friend's um, boss was in it, so we were trying to like find, find oh, him. That's cool. <laughs> well, it's been really great talking with you. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, any places where people can find you? Oh, um, I mean, you can find me. I mean, first off, thank you for having me. This has been very interesting. The first interview type uh, thing that I've done, um, and it's been great. Um, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. At at living on the internet um uh, thanks to remote wear a mask um support black lives matter um we find resources and educate yourself on what's going on right now it's important um watch films with people of minorities in them um i think that's very important learn stories share stories that's that mm. absolutely well, yeah. thanks for ha- you coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been great. This has been the second episode of Making It Women in Film. You can find us on Instagram at Making It Women in Film and on Twitter at Making It WIF. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one. See you next week.